Namaste. I'm Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell here at the Unity Center in beautiful San Diego. You know, we are always searching for ways to live the example of our teachings in order to improve our world. One of the ways we accomplish this is with Partners Fair Trade Boutique, our store here at the Unity Center campus. You'll find many unique items from around the world, all ethically sourced through fair trade. I remember years ago, the first time I heard somebody say, love is a verb, it really got me thinking. So often with the idea of love, it's easy to think about it in terms of what we receive, to think of it in terms as a noun, something we want, something we want to have. And yet, it, especially in the spiritual context, Love is an active engagement with life. Love is showing up in a certain kind of way. Love isn't always easy to do. Not that kind of love, anyway. The title of my talk this morning is Love, Serve, and Remember. And I've titled it that because I really think that that is the essence of Ram Dass's teachings. How many of you are familiar with Ram Dass? Okay, that's, that's most of you. For those of you who maybe aren't familiar with, with him, he was not born Ram Das. He was born in 1931, and his name was Richard Alpert. He had a foray into psychedelic drugs and all sorts of experimentation, you know, in the, in the 60s and, and so forth, and... Um, had experienced his own significant spiritual growth and awakening, whole journey in, in that process. He passed somewhat recently. He passed in December of, of 2019. I first became aware of him, as um, probably many people did, through his best-selling book, Be Here Now. How many of you remember that book, Be Here now. Um, it came out in 1971. It is still worth reading and rereading today. He really, through that book, kind of helped to popularize Eastern spirituality and bring it into Western culture, give us a chance to kind of understand and experience and taste some of, some of the concepts. And if you read that book, if you read and, and study some of what he was about, it really can be summed up in the words to love, to serve, and to remember. Love, serve, and remember. Think about that for just a moment. Think about if that were to become your lifelong commitment and practice. It would kind of cover everything, wouldn't it? It would kind of cover everything. Everything spiritual, everything noble, everything ethical. To love, to serve, to remember. Ram Dass said, <clears throat> I would like my life to be a statement of love and compassion. And where it isn't, that's where my work lies. I want to reread that. I would like my life to be a statement of love and compassion. And where it isn't, that's where my work lies. The first part is a beautiful 
ideal, isn't it? It's something that we aspire to. My life to be a statement of love and compassion. The work, though, the clincher is when he says, but where it isn't that, that's where I need to be engaged. That's where my work lies. That's where my work lies. Where, when I realize that I'm not showing up, embodying that, when I'm not showing up, speaking from, acting from, living from, what love would do, what compassion would do. And maybe that's why he made the statement, if you think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family. I've always loved that one. If you think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family. You know, you go to, to a great deep spiritual training seminar and you feel like you've gotten you know, so much insight and, and that you really got a handle on this, right? And you can, or the best book you've just read on spiritual teachings and concepts, and you go, I got this, I got this. And then you go and spend a week with your family. You go, well, maybe I don't have it as much as I thought I did. Maybe I've got it up here but maybe I have a little practice that I still need to do here. You know, the, the saying, the, um, nobody can push our buttons as well as our family, right? Nobody can push our buttons as well as our family, and it's probably because they installed most of them. And they know just where and how to, to, to push them, right? I would like my life to be a statement of love and compassion, and where it isn't, that's where my work lies. Ramdas had a practice, he said, of turning people into trees. He said, I practice turning people into trees, which means appreciating them just the way they are. Think about that. Do you have anybody in your life that is sandpaper to your soul? I know you do. And I'm sure you have probably, I'm pretty sure you have probably more than one person that you might say is sandpaper to your soul. Probably at least a couple of people that can push your buttons or, or ruffle your feathers. He says, I practice turning people into trees, which means appreciating them just the way they are. Think about trees, right? Great variety of them. Beautiful, tall, gorgeous, evergreen pines tall, waving palm trees, willow trees, aspen trees, all sorts of beautiful trees, all externally quite different. We may have a favorite one. Ram Dass is suggesting not just accepting, but appreciating. That goes a whole lot further, doesn't it? I mean, it's definitely a step in the right direction to expand our circle and be able to accept people more graciously that maybe think differently than we do or behave differently than we do or, or look different than we do. But a much more spiritually advanced practice is not just accepting, but appreciating, appreciating. I would like my life to be a statement of love and compassion, and where it isn't that, that's where my work lies. Jesus talked about some of the same things. He challenged us and said, what reward do you have if you only love those who love you? Even the tax collectors do that. He was really slamming 
when he made that statement. What reward do you have if you only love those who love you? Even the tax collectors do that. You are to love those who don't love you. You are to love those and pray for those who persecute you. Why? What is he, what is he talking about there? What is Ramdas talking about? I think they're talking about what happens in us when we make a decision to do what is difficult relationally, to extend ourselves, to try to see with the eyes of love, to try to see with a heart of compassion, to see beyond and to see through to the spark of the divine within the individual, no matter what role or how that individual may be playing in our life at that moment. That's where our growth comes, and that's where the reward comes. It's not an external reward, though sometimes there's tremendous benefit that might come back immediately to us, but the motivation isn't for something external. The motivation is for what changes inside of us. Love, serve, remember. When I think of serving, I think of Jesus' teaching around that. I think of his teaching when he talked about, when you have done it to the least of these, you did it to me. I was hungry and you fed me, naked and you clothed me. And those who were listening to him were confused, saying, well, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you naked? But his teaching was, whether it was to me or not, if you did it to Another, you did it as if you did it for me. Even the act of communion, and some of us came through a more traditional form of Christianity, and so we may remember some of the beauty and the ritual and mysticism around communion. Jesus talked about the idea, he wasn't celebrating communion, he was celebrating Passover. From Passover, we created the experience of communion. But he was saying to take the bread, take the wine, and do this in remembrance of me. The Jesus that I know would not have meant do this in remembrance of me, the person, Jesus, but do this in remembrance of what I've tried to teach you. And I think that's true of every real genuine, authentic, spiritual teacher, whether it's a Jesus or someone like Ram Das, not saying, remember me, but remember the things that I have tried to teach, the things that I've also tried to live from, that in living from them myself, whether Jesus living from them himself or a teacher such as Ramdas living from them themselves, the living out these ideas, these noble truths, are transformative. Love. Serve. Remember. Say those words with me. Love. Serve. Remember. They all require something of us. It's a way of engaging, right? Love, serve, remember. It's also, when we think of love and we think about it in personal, practical terms, 
it's important for us to realize what we can and what we can't do. One of my favorite prayers, and I've said this so many times before, I'm so glad you can't wear out a prayer. One of my favorite prayers is a prayer of serenity. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Ram Dass said, all you can do for another person is to be an environment in which <clears throat> if they wanted to come up for air, they could. All you can do for another person, <clears throat> excuse me, is be an environment in which if they wanted to come up for air, they could. What that suggests to me is to be an environment of safety, an environment of being a safe person. I remember when I read a book that talked about the importance in parenting of being an askable parent, to be the kind of parent that your child come to you and ask any challenging, difficult, embarrassing, confusing question and they would feel safe in your presence to ask that question. I think we, that's a gift we can give one another regardless of whether we're interacting with a child or an adult. All you can do for another person is to be an environment in which if they wanted to come up for air, they could, to be a safe presence. And I don't think there's a fast track to that. To be a safe presence usually means that the other person is probably going through something that's going to need a little bit of your time, right? Right? And so to be that safe presence is to really be present to the person with whatever it is that they are needing to communicate or share or to ask. To listen in such a way that they want to open up. Have you ever had somebody be that way for you? Did it make a difference? Yeah, of course it does. Of course it does. All you can do for another person is be an environment in which if they wanted to come up for air, they could. When we are given that gift of a safe presence of someone with whom we can bring our hurt, our shame, our fear, our pain, and be seen and heard and not judged, that's an environment in which healing can happen. That's an environment in which we can move past the hurt, past the shame, past the fear, past the worry, to something hopeful, to something whole, to something beautiful, to something sacred. Ram Dass also said, we're all just walking each other home. Isn't that beautiful? We're all just walking each other home. Say that with me. We're all just walking each other home. There's lots of ways that we can unpack that. We're all just walking each other home. Some have suggested that Ram Dass was meaning that we're walking each other home to our true self, to our authentic self. And certainly, when we are given the gift of safety in a, rela 
relationship to be our authentic, true self, then it is as if we have discovered more of who we really are. We are all just walking each other home. It's such a beautiful picture I get in my mind when I think of that. Home, to me, is sacred and precious and means so very much to me. And the idea of walking each other home, it could also mean walking each other to the infinite edges of life, walking each other through whatever joy or sadness or sorrow we are experiencing until we no longer inhabit this physical form, being there with and for each other. It's helpful to remember that there is a seeming paradox, I think, in so much of spiritual practice. Have you not found that to be true? I have found that to be true, that there seems to be so much paradox in spiritual teaching and practice. And I like this way that Ram Dass expressed it. He said, our journey is about being more deeply involved in life and yet less attached to it. I've struggled, and maybe you have, with this idea in deep spiritual practice of detachment. And it took me a long time to, to understand that it doesn't mean disengagement from caring. When I first started to read about and, and try to wrap my head around this idea of detachment, it, it was depressing to me. It felt like, but I don't want to not care about people. I don't want to not care about the situations in the world. I don't want to not care about where and how I can make a difference. And then I came to understand that I got the concept wrong, that it's detachment from the result, that I can still be passionately, like Ram Dass is saying, deeply involved in life, deeply caring about life, deeply wanting to do what I can do, if there is something I can do. But to realize that I can't be attached to the outcome of that. I can work earnestly and devotedly toward change and be deeply involved. That's loving, love in action. That's service in action. The remembering part, I think, is remembering that it's not all up to me. Certainly not. And remembering to not be attached to the outcome. Our journey is about being more deeply involved in life and yet, uh, and yet less attached to it. He says, suffering is part of our training program for becoming wise. And we suffer when we're attached, don't we? Yes? No? Am I just, maybe I, you're just eavesdropping on a conversation I'm having with myself this morning. That happens sometimes, perhaps. But suffering is, is one of the experiences that we have when we are attached to something and then it doesn't go our way or it dissolves or it ends. But in that suffering, there can be the blessing of waking up, the blessing of growing in wisdom and growing in understanding. We're here to grow. But we often get in our own way. At least I know I get in my own way. Do you ever feel like you get in your own way? Emerson said, as long as a man stands in his own way, everything seems to be in his way. As long as a man stands in his own way, everything seems to be in his way. 
Ram Dass said it's this way, it's very hard to grow because it's difficult to let go of the models of ourselves in which we've invested so heavily. Oh my goodness. Think about that for a moment. It's hard to grow because it's difficult to let go of the models of ourselves in which we've invested so heavily. We're sitting under the tree of our thinking minds, wondering why we're not getting any shade, wondering why we're not getting any sunshine. We're sitting under the tree of our thinking minds, wondering why we're not getting any sunshine. We're in our own way. Here's another paradox. In our spiritual teaching and practice, we do emphasize thought. Our movement's name is new thought, right? We say things like, change your thinking. Oh, I know you know it. Change your thinking, change your life, right? And so we have a lot of emphasis on thought. And there's a place for that. But it's not the totality of it. We're sitting under the tree of our thinking minds, wondering why we're not getting any sunshine. We can become so addicted to our thinking that we have no openness for the light to shine through of greater awareness and wisdom and direct experience. That's a whole other level, I think, if you will, of experiencing life. It's like the idea that there's a big difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone. Knowing about, let's put it in more religious, spiritual terms for a moment, knowing about God and knowing God. We can know about God by reading lots of stuff that tells us about God. But what we're getting is somebody else's understanding and thoughts about God. That's very different than knowing God or knowing spirit. To know God, to know spirit, to know another person or to know a person means we have a direct experience with that person. And the less we can drop our thinking and the more we can enter into a direct experience of that person, shutting off the story, shutting off the, the chatter of our minds, the more we can know that person. And that's where intimacy comes. That's where real closeness comes. That's where I think love shines brightest. Ram Dass suggests that there's a better way than just being in our thinking mind. And he, like many teachers that have a very strong Eastern influence to their, to their teaching, talk about the idea of the witness or the observer. To be the witness is a powerful transformative practice. It is to not deny whatever it is that we might be thinking or feeling in a situation, but it is to also stand alongside of that as if we were a third person witnessing and observing 
without any storytelling, without any interpretation. What was the TV show years and years ago? I think it was a detective show. And one of the lines that the main actor always said was, the facts, ma'am, just the facts. Dragnet, was it Dragnet? You know, the facts, ma'am, just the facts. It's a little bit like that. We get locked in the thinking mind, the analyzing mind, the storytelling mind, and we get so stuck in our story thinking that the story is the truth, and much of the time, it is very far from the truth. And in this suggestion of Ramdas, it is to step back or to step aside, to step out of the story, not deny the story, but to step out of the story and bear witness to it. When we do that, something else also happens. When we develop this practice of being able to step out of the story and be witness to the story, we then move into the experience of being the space through which the story happens. And that's very different than being the story itself. Are you with me? Very different than being the story itself. Ram Dass wrote, after meditating for some years, I began to see the patterns of my own behavior. As you quiet your mind, you begin to see the nature of your own resistance more clearly, struggles, inner dialogues, the way in which you procrastinate and develop passive resistance against life. As you cultivate the witness, things change. You don't have to change them. Things just change. They do. They do. The next time you find yourself in, embroiled in a difficult situation, in a story you keep telling yourself about someone or about something, challenge yourself to step aside and move into that witness role and stay there as long as you can and notice what begins to change. And the change that will begin to happen will be healing. It will be beneficial. I'll close with this quote from Ram Das. He says, healing does not mean going back to the way things were before, but rather allowing what is now to move us closer to God. Healing does not mean going back to the way things were before, but rather allowing what is now to move us closer to God. Namaste. Namaste.